Hi there, professionals. Thanks for joining me on my new exciting podcast series, Industry Insights with me, DPDS. This series will take a look at stories from entertainment industry professionals from all sectors of the industry. It will be compiled with various levels of experience and will really indulge in a journey of their careers and utilize their stories and experience to help influence current professionals in the industry or total newcomers wanting to get into the industry. If you are new here, thanks for joining us. I'm grateful to have you listening. If you enjoy the episode, please consider subscribing connect our community across social media for those that have been here before welcome back here's what we've got in store for you today well hello hello good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you may be and welcome back to industry insights with me dpds uh, i have a really exciting guest on the show today um, i'm really happy to reconnect with them and listen to all of their experience and their story and their insights into how they've been successful so i'm going to welcome to the show singer songwriter actor and indie artist jerica Exum. welcome thank you for having me how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing good. Good. Tell everyone where you are in the world right now. I am currently in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. Love <laughs> it. And how's the weather there today? Uh, I haven't been out yet, but it's it's cold. Safe to say. Yeah. Is it snowing? Is it that kind of weather at the moment? It's not snowing right now, but there's still snow on the ground from the snow that we've had. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've had a little bit of snow here in the UK, but it never seems to get to my city. So I cannot go out um, and have snowball fights or anything. It's just rain here. So <laughs> sad times. Uh, but thank you for joining me. Um, I really wanted to connect with you and I thought that you would be a, a great person to really speak with and give your experience because you've had such a variety of um, stuff that you've done recently and within your career. And I'm really uh, interested and excited to share that with everybody. Um, so I want to dive right in there. I know I've kind of just gave an overview of, of what you do as a profession, but uh, in your words, tell us, you know, what your current role is. Obviously, pre-COVID, we're in a bit of a, a funk right now, but you might still be working in that sector. What your profession is, the current uh, job role and that sector of the arts that you're working in. Yeah. Um, so pre-COVID, um, I was doing theater, Um mostly. Um, but my goal was to transition into um, more on camera, TV, film, voiceover work. So that's what I've still been able to do now. Um, I'm auditioning, obviously. Um, but yeah. that's that's the thing that's still up and running. So still in that realm of um, acting being my, my main thing that I'm doing right now. Right. And you've had, like I say, such, uh, you've done a lot of different things. And I, I know you from working with you when you were a singer, uh, working as a singer on a, a contract that I was on. Mm -hmm. um, and you've, you know, traveled the world, you've worked for different companies, and you've been, you know, all four corners of the globe, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to go back to that. Um, and starting out with, you know, education and training, um, you know, have you been trained? Let's look at, uh, what you did to prepare yourself, uh, to moving into a career in the arts. Yeah. Um, and, and then we'll look at how you actually started in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Um, so I have the typical story of, I grew up in church, um, singing. So singing was something that came to me naturally. It's my I guess my entryway into the arts is through you know, through music. 
um, my the choir director was also actually a music teacher. Um, so I learned the correct way to sing and all that in church and um, like music foundation because she was actually a music teacher. So I right. lucked out on that. Um, so just continued with music throughout school, did, you know, all the choir, choral stuff, um, found theater in high school and was like, oh, you can, you can act and sing. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really on my radar. Um, and then I went to college and I actually was going to school to be a music education major. I was like, I'm just going to be a teacher. And then yeah. fell into, um, theater i ended up getting a degree in arts management <laughs> which is like okay. the business end of everything um but yeah um well that gives you a great understanding too of how it how it works behind the scenes and what goes into it and the yeah. management side of it so uh that's a great tool and anybody if you if you new to to jerica um i'm going to post all of her her platforms that you can look at all of the stuff she does she's super talented and like uh my myself and my husband live for when you post your videos if you're singing we like <laughs> love it we're like your number one fan <laughs> thank you i think he's like obsessed with you which <laughs> <laughs> is really funny so you did that you obviously got your degree and then what did you think like okay i'm gonna what were your aspirations did you think i'm gonna go be a recording artist i'm gonna sing i want to be in theater and then how did you start? What was the first thing that you went out and did? So after I graduated school, I was like trying to find um, work. It was still, I guess, a weird time in America with like, I don't know, the stock market and all that. And I don't know if we were still coming out of the recession and things were still like rocky because um, I went to school right when everything plummeted. Um, mm -hmm. So finding a job was kind of difficult um and then I was like where am I gonna go with arts management I don't know where to go so I was just looking for like regular like work not in yeah. the arts at all um and I was like I'm just gonna work I just need to make money um and then then I was like I don't know I had like a wake-up call and was like why am I going after jobs that I don't want to do when I can just fully put myself into performing so I started um auditioning and just figuring it out and stuff finally started to land. So um, the first thing I was doing, like anything, any kind of like performance gig, I just wanted to get my foot in the door somehow. So I was doing things like being a singing wait staff on like a, mm -hmm. a little cruise on the lake in Chicago off of Navy Pier. I was doing um, uh, my friend, he he wanted to be um, a playwright. So he had made his own show. So I did that and we got money off of like ticket sales for that. But the first job, um, proper job that I landed, well, actually I'll go back. I booked a children's show at a theater. And then mm -hmm. shortly after I booked a show at um, Black Ensemble Theater, which is a pretty well-known theater here. It's an it's a equity house. Um, it's black founded. Um, by a woman named Jackie Taylor. Um, a lot of people have come out of there that are extremely successful. So it's a it's a good place to, you know, work, start and have on your resume. Um, so I ended mm. up getting cast there. And then I turned down the children's show. And so that was like my first like proper like theater gig where, um, you know, they were part of the union. You, the people come and review it and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And how how was that for you being like your first gig? Do you remember how you felt or were you nervous, apprehensive? What did you expect from from turning up on the first day? You were like, I have no idea how to act, what to do. Um, or were you pretty like, no, I, I have a good understanding of what this is and, and how to how to act? Yeah, um, I was really excited um, and just open to that experience and they operate different where everything um everything is a premiere there they um write their own stuff so it's always something new so it wasn't something that i could necessarily prepare for i just had to be open um to adapting um which is actually a good intro because that's kind of the business is you just have to be able to adapt consistently yeah uh-huh. so yeah <laughs> exactly even even right now yeah we're adapting uh great and so you you did that and then what where did you go from there um after that um what did I do after that I was still auditioning things weren't picking up um because that ended in like October oh right after that I auditioned for um The Lion King on Broadway um okay and I also was auditioning for to sending in like tapes to work on Carnival or whatever shits, but Carnival was one of the um, ones. And I ended up getting to like the final round and I was so nervous and I completely bombed it. Like I can be, I can be real with myself about that. I completely bombed it because I was just a ball of nerves because I was like, oh, my dream is right here. Um, right. Didn't get it. Ended up going on the ship to be a show band vocalist. Um, yeah. For the cruise. With, Car- with Carnival Cruise Line. So if you could look back on that time, you were that close, to, say, with The Lion King and bombed the, the final yeah. um, audition. Now you're more experienced and you have, you know, a, a great wealth of experience. What would you have told yourself now back then? What would you have done differently? Maybe you would have been successful in that, that audition. I think I was just too casual about it. Like, I think, like... I knew um, how big it was, but I, it wasn't like grasping when I was in the process, like you need to focus. Like, I think my focus was off. Cause I was just like, this is great. Oh, wow. But I wasn't really like in it, in it. Um, like you I feel needed like to you be. were not, you weren't prepared or you could have prepared more or I feel like I definitely could have prepared more. I, so we had to fly to New York. And so I had never been to New York. So I was like, I'm going to go walk around for hours the, the day before I have to stand in this room in this audition. So like my legs were tired. I was, I was already nervous. I was like shaking. (laughs) It's just like, I made bad decisions. It was like, I was trying to enjoy myself and, you know, taking the experience, but it's like, I needed to focus. Cause it's like, you can do that later. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and 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 how old were you at that time uh 20 23 23 and that was yeah i suppose arriving in new york you know in times square broadway seeing all of that your dream there it could be so overwhelming you've got this big audition the next day yeah i could probably understand why that that may have been so crazy for you yeah um but so then you you did that and then you've you obviously get submitted to these um other ventures and being that uh carnival cruise line um and was that then your next step where you became a a vocalist with a a show band on on a cruise line yeah that was the next thing i did is going um being the show band vocalist for carnival 
And how was that experience for you? Like, uh, obviously, you, you've been singing in the church, uh, you do musical theatre, and now you're in a rock band or a show yeah, band. Yeah, I had never sang that much consistently. Like, singing, like, they would do four or five-hour sets a night. Um, so yeah. I wasn't, yeah, it'd be like 45 minutes on, 15-minute break. And so, and then towards the end of the contract, it was like even more. And it was having like, you would have that one day off. And some days would be like a bit of a break because I would only have to host um, karaoke or I would only have to do um, like a VIP party or um, like the guest talent show, like intro and outro that. So some days were like yeah. better, but like the the sets that we would have to do, it was like exhausting. I was like, oh, I'm not used to singing as much, but it did help me build up endurance vocally um so that like an eight show week doesn't look so taxing um because it's like i used to sing for five hours a night so it's like yeah i can do this yeah because i mean on paper eight shows a week is is a lot um but then singing you know five hours a night is also difficult So what would you say to somebody who's maybe thinking about becoming a, a show band, rock band singer? Um, how is the best way to look after their voice and be able to sustain that for, you know, a six month period? Yeah. Um, you just have to be with all performance things. You have to be you have to listen to your body and um, be smart about it because th- your work is yourself. So um, on yeah. the days where, you know, I have to do a lot of singing, maybe don't use your voice if you don't have to. Um, I'm not saying you have to, you know, walk around with a pen and pad to everybody, but just like... (laughs) Do a Celine Dion and don't speak for 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, on the bigger gigs, people do actually do that. I have a friend that's... um, Yeah. She's in one of the Broadway shows and she's like, I have to be on vocal rest on some days where I'm just not talking because that's how I make it through. Um, So it is... That is like an extreme that some people have to go too sometimes but it's yeah just listening to your body and preserving your voice um yeah and what other skills did you learn from maybe being in a a different environment performing as opposed to say a theater show uh you're suddenly in a band environment what do you learn as a performer in, in that that way yeah it's very different um you have to play to the crowd which can be anything um they can be whatever whatever you know when you're when you're in a show there's that that wall there you know they're just watching versus like you have to fully interact um with people and it and it's not it's never the same because the group is always going to change so it's it's that adaptability again yeah and I, i see a lot of performers that maybe do that gig um, and they're like, oh, no, I don't want to speak to the audience. I can't talk. Like, I can't feel like or I- even introduce a song. It's such a different way of interacting uh, than, like you say, in a show where you've got that third wall and it's a script and you're moving around. Um, but I think it really when I then speak to somebody maybe six months later after doing it, they're like, that has really helped me so much as a performer, being able to, you know, connect and speak and just talk on a mic. To yeah, absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so you did Carnival and then kind of looking at all of the things that you've done from there, you moved around and you, you've actually spent some time working in, in theme parks, which is really great. What I want to talk about as well. I haven't spoken yeah. to um, any, any guests who have uh, on my show yet. 
that have been in the theme parks. I've done it myself. I worked for Universal Studios uh, Singapore, yeah. um, and I and I believe you worked in in Japan, yep. Yep. correct? Um, and you've also uh, probably did some stuff in the states. Bush Gardens, yep. correct? Bush Gardens. You worked in Hong Kong Disney, yep. as well, yep. correct? Um, how is that? Like, talk about what kind of entertainment they provide, and what does it? What does your daily or your you know your contract look like as a performer for a theme park? Yeah. So, um, Bush Gardens. Yeah, that would that came after Carnival, not like right after Carnival. Um, but the it was the it was in the next year um and um i worked because there's two there's one in tampa and there's one in um williamsburg virginia and so i went to the one in williamsburg virginia um and uh, i worked there for their christmas season um so how their christmas season works or how bush gardens works um in those months is they're only open on um the weekends if I can remember or it's like a Thursday through Sunday thing like they're not open every single day during that time um so we and then there's like a stretch where they're open every day when it's closer to the holidays because people are you know off or out of school and whatever so they mm-hmm. so they do that stretch mm-hmm. so how that's set up is we would do our shows on lo- those weekend bits and then we would be off on the other days um we would do I think it was six six shows a day six shows a day and it was it was hard. It That was one of the hardest contracts. It was so short, but it was so hard because we were doing the show outside and it is cold right. in the middle of winter. Um, and it happened to be like a ballet with musicals. Like people were on point in the, in the cold. Um, and we were like wow. belting our faces off in the cold. Like you can, there's like videos on YouTube. You can see the smoke coming out of my mouth as I'm singing. Like it's freezing. <laughs> um, yeah and we free free effect <laughs> yeah the and there was like so much like behind the scenes stuff the show has since closed and no longer exists um but yeah it is that contract taught me um a lot about just like pushing through um circumstances and what what type of material would you typically perform um, at, say, a theme park? I know, obviously, it's different themes or whether it be Christmas or, you know, uh, Halloween or stuff like that. But generally, is what's the theme of, of the, the music that you're performing oh, um, or the show? Theme parks, it's, it's going to be popular music, um, unless you're in something like Disney or, or uh, like a show attached to like Universal studios japan has a show that's based on the movie sing so it's like the music from from that um which i guess that's still popular music it's you're gonna do pretty much popular popular i can't talk popular music (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. um in theme parks because that's what people know it's not gonna it's not really gonna be musical theater at a theme park yeah i think for me actually one of my favorite contracts of my career was working um, at a theme park, Universal Studios Singapore. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, be in Monster Rock. I think they have a slightly, uh, we had a different show there than to the one in Japan. Yeah. Um, it was a, a, a different version. And I just loved it. It was, I mean, I loved it at first. <laughs> I played Frankenstein. Yes. Um, but towards the end of my year, it was a year contract, which everyone these days thinks a year contract that is so long. Normally, generally, contracts are like six right. to eight months. This was a year. 
uh, of being sprayed green. Um, and I definitely turned <laughs> green by the end of it. Like by, I, I would wash and wash, but green would still be coming out of my uh, pores. But I just remember it being, you know, five shows a day. Yes, the shows were 20 minutes, but it was like so intense, um, like high cardio dance. It was like singer dancer show and just being exhausted. And also like in the best shape of my life, I've never been yeah. so snatched. Um, so it can really work for you in that way. But I just remember it being a great, great job but also a really really yeah. hard job um and i think like you see i had to really learn to look after myself vocally and physically throughout that and you know and injuries happen i had an injury during that contract so yeah they're great contracts and what would you say has been one of your favorite experiences at one of those theme parks yeah um so when i right after bush well i actually got the call while i was at um my bush gardens contract that i booked universal studios japan um so i had like a couple months in between those contracts um and then moved over to japan and my contract was for 13 months um and so at that time i don't know what they do now but at that time we were able to perform outside of work um and we had access to a theater free of charge and we could put up any show that we wanted um so yeah, I think I've I think I've seen lots of performances at this theater yeah. throughout the years of Universal Studios Japan performers. It's yeah, been amazing. I think they've like closed whoever the owners were. Like that theater has been like shut down, but at that the time frame that I was there, it was still working. So um, we all lived in the same apartment building because um, USJ puts us all up at the same building. So you live with everybody, you see them all the time. So it's just like being able to collaborate collaborate with like all these different artists from everywhere across the world and make art like we still get to you know do our jobs and yes we enjoy that but like being able to create on our own outside of that was um really special and it's like I don't think it's an experience that I could have had anywhere else and how does say uh, a contract work with a theme park obviously I know what that entails but anyone listening um what comes with it you know do you just go there and that's it are you being you know put up what are the benefits and and what comes with a with a contract maybe say overseas yeah so for overseas theme park you can either be on um a local contract or an expat contract um I've only done the expat contracts where um They bring you, they fly you out and they house you um, and then they give you like a living stipend um, of some sort to, you know, buy food or whatever. So that's what I've done. Um, I've done that with Universal Studios Japan and with Hong Kong Disney. Um, And so you will be a part of a a certain show or a certain department. Um, So it'll be entertainment, obviously. but in Universal, like I was my first contract because I did two there. My first contract, I was a part of the like special events team. So I would only do special events. Um, and then if they needed me, then I would swing into some other shows that they had. But that was my contract. Whereas the next year I was a part of the atmosphere team, which my show was in. Okay. My show was outside on the stage. It was daily it was on the shows that happened all the time that you didn't need to get an extra ticket to um and we would do yeah there was i think there were six shows a day and so you do we had a parade as well so you do either all six of those shows or you do like 
four shows and a parade that day. Um, and then if it was a day where we had a, I think we had, we had two sets of team and then we had a swing. Um, so yeah. if it was a day where everybody was in, where the swings were in too, then it'd be a lighter day. And maybe you'd only have two shows that day. Um, and then you would have two days off, like, like in the regular world. So for instance, say uh, theme parks t- from, from my experience, they are open seven days, you know, they're open all the time, yeah. most of the time. Um, and you're in that show. Um, if you're sick or you, is, is there a, another one of you, how many are cast in the same role as you to be able to, you know, cover all of the, the time that yeah. the park Generally, is open? Um, from my experience, it's three. They, there's at least three people on a roll. Um, whether that's yeah. like, it's cast as three or it's cast as two. And then there's a swing that makes the three. There's at least three people put on to every role. Um, and then if you end up being sick and you call out, then they'll ask the other person to come in. Um, if it, if it happens to be their day off, yeah, to, to come in and cover. Um, in the atmosphere show, if they couldn't come in and cover, um, they might try to get like a swing in and move some people around in the park or we had um, cut versions of our show where it's like, if one person is missing, this is how you do this show with, you know, these three people. And this is what parts go to okay. who. So we had like cut versions that were rehearsed and we had, um, we had the recordings of them. So if it's like, oh, we need a refresher, then we would put on the recording um, when we get into work and just make sure we knew what we were doing before we go out on the stage just to review um, we also had like rain versions. If it was raining outside, we would have rain versions that we would do um, inside for the show. That was like a quick, like, you know, I don't know, five, 10 minutes of songs if we couldn't do the regular yeah. show. How is uh, the rehearsal period for a theme? Yeah, um, the rehearsal period is pretty, it's pretty quick. <clears throat> well, it was quicker for, it was quicker at, universal than it was for me at disney disney they took a little bit more time um but universal was pretty it was a pretty quick turnaround um i think they do it's like two weeks of rehearsal my situation when i came back from my second contract i was replacing someone so i was learning the material while i was doing the show in the states i was actually doing sister act Mm -hmm. um in the states at like a regional theater and um, they sent me all the materials. So I was like learning that um, in my free time. So I came in and I think I only rehearsed for like a week because I had already been reviewing that material on my own. So it was just like putting me into the show. Um, and it, is that normal practice uh, for them to send the material prior to you arriving to rehearse or you normally get it when you, you get it there? Depends. It depends. Um, I, for... For my special event contract, they didn't send any materials prior to us being there. We learned everything when we got there. Um, so I didn't learn anything. With When I did um, Hong Kong Disney with Lion King, I don't think that we got materials until maybe like right before I left. I, d- I didn't get anything like kind of like prior to. We kind of got it closer to the time. Yeah. Well, I hope that gives anyone listening a kind of idea of what theme parks are, are about. Um, like I say, I love the experience. It's hard work, um, but you get, like I say, get to live in a fantastic city in, in, a, in a country that you've never been to. And um, it comes with benefits of health and things like this, as well as obviously being um, 
paid as well. So yeah. uh, it's pretty good. Um, great. So that was your experience there. And then you kind of came back, if I remember, to to the sea, uh, to ships again, and in a different role this time being um, a, a production vocalist uh, for a yes. cruise line, correct? And how is that experience versus, say, I mean, it's completely different uh, role again from being a showband vocalist to suddenly being uh, in the production yeah, cast? Yeah, um, as far as the workload, um, it was far easier than being a, a showband vocalist, you know, not having shows, you know, every night that I had to do. We had, we would do like three shows within the cruise um, and we were on a seven day cruise we were on seven day cruises so we would only do shows like three of those days um and our shows were like between i don't know maybe like 50 minutes 50 minutes 45 50 minutes an hour um so we would do them twice in a night so that would equal like you know a normal amount if you went some and what's what what's the reason for someone that who doesn't know that they you do it twice a night? It's due to the capacity of the ship, yeah, right? In the um, theater. It's just to make sure that all of the guests can see it if they want to see the show. Um so we'll do it twice. So we'll do one at um what was it, seven thirty and nine thirty or seven and nine, it'd be two yeah, two times to make sure people could see, you know, everybody could see the show. Because if the theater was at capacity, then that'd be a whole bunch of people that couldn't watch. What what do you do the rest of the time? You obviously three nights. Uh, yes, you have to do shows twice, which is you know a lot. It sounds like you're only working three nights, but doing them twice and the the songs that you sing and everything, it's very tiring. So what did you do for the rest of the time? Um, I would like work on, <laughs> I would like work on music and le- work on trying to figure out um, like music production, um, or I would like get together with like castmates and we'd um, we'd work on like, oh, I really want to do this. Um, or we just have like lazy days where we're like, we're going to binge this TV show <laughs> and that's going to be our day. Um, yeah. Right. And you you have um, obviously free time to get off in the ports, explore the ports of call and, and yes. things like that. Um, right. So, yeah, I would always get off um, at every chance that I could to get out get that fresh sunshine sunlight because my room did not have a porthole and so <laughs> any anytime I got I could go outside to like be an actual sunlight I like ran at the chance so yeah absolutely and where did that contract take you was it a different part of the world that you'd never cruised or yeah, saw before um, that contract was um the med so our home port was Venice, Italy, which was gorgeous, stunning, amazing. Wow. Um, yeah, so we were there every Sunday to pick up new guests. And then we would cruise around um, Greece, Croatia, and uh, we went to Montenegro. And yeah, like that whole med. We, would just, we were in the same kind of spot for the full six months of our cruise. So for anyone that's thinking, like, obviously, I've done it myself, but for someone out there thinking, like, I would love to, or has been thinking about, I'd love to be a performer mm-hmm. on a cruise ship, um, what would you say the highlights of, of getting a gig on a, a oh, ship Oh, it's absolutely be? the travel, travel number one, um, to get paid to see the world, literally, um, number one. Number two, you get to save money. You get to save so much money because there's nothing that you have to get for yourself. It's kind of provided. Like you just have to get like toiletries that you like, but there's food there, you know. Yeah. Um, 
if you want to shop, you can, but you really don't have to spend really anything. Um, yeah, it's a, a great haven to save money, do what you yeah. love and travel the world for, yeah, I've seen, uh, luckily enough, I've managed to travel the world for free doing what I love and being paid for it. So that's a, a high Absolutely. bonus. About and then of it. course the people, you're meeting people from all over the world, um, connections that yeah. you wouldn't be able to make if you know you stayed where you're from or you know doing something else so yeah definitely the connections that you make awesome uh and then i want to touch briefly i know we've talked about theme parks but you did then uh work for disneyland in hong kong and the did the I show did, the lion um, king, festival right? of the lion king um and how was that from, you know, that experience where you went to New York, you were so close to doing uh, Lion King on, on, on Broadway, and now you're getting to do the show for Disney in Hong Kong. How was how that feel? Like yeah, a it, was like, uh, it was like a weird moment because I, I got cast in um, at Hong Kong. It's like a condensed um, version because they can't do the um, Broadway version, yeah. but it is, it is still the storyline. Um, it is still like that show versus um if you know if you've ever been to disney in orlando they have festival of the lion king there but it is very different it is they are with handheld microphones they are not the characters they are completely different people it is totally different show whereas ours is you know the lion king um condensed into like 30 minutes um so it was like a crazy moment because i was cast as a storyteller there which is um kind of like it's like a narrator slash like Rafiki, Rafiki's lines. Um, mm-hmm. Cause they can't set it up as Rafiki um, at Hong Kong. So I, it, it wasn't a role that I would, ever, that I thought that I would ever be in. So I was like, oh, okay. I, I thought I was going to be like, I don't know, like <laughs> princess Tiana or something. And then when they call like, you want to be the storyteller? I was like, okay, sure. I'll try it. Um, so yeah, that, so that was cool. And doing the show is really cool. It's in the round and, um, it has like nice. these huge puppets, um, like Simba's a huge puppet. There's like giraffes. There's a big elephant. There's, yeah, uh, the dancers are, are amazing. It's a really, yeah, it was a really cool experience. I, I, mean, I would love to have seen you in that. I think you've been fantastic, I'm sure. From then, you've been doing bits and bobs and, and really trying to, like I say, work on acting and uh, music. Um, kind of overall, uh, your journey so far, um, what hurdles have you personally faced throughout your career as an entertainer and what would you say they are and how have you overcome them and still kept going forward and, and finding new experiences? Hmm. Um, my hurdles. If any, maybe, maybe you didn't, but I am you, not have there been any a hurdles? dancer, um, but I walk into rooms and people assume that I can dance and have that ability. I am, I'm, I'm not like, uncoordinated i can i can move i would say i'm a a pretty confident mover but they expect me to be a dancer um so that's a hurdle um (laughs) how and how do you overcome Um, that you either just don't take that that gig or that contract or you work harder or or how or you fake it it? it what do you do um there was this one audition um I was auditioning for this show and they called me in to tap and I was like, I don't tap, but I showed up in my sneakers, given a soft shoe. Um, <laughs> and they ended up calling me back. I was the only non tapper called back to tap again. Um, 
in front of the creative team. Um, I, I didn't get, I didn't get the job, but like that was, that was progress for me that I right. was in the room with dancers and not having the ability. I'm, I don't suggest that, but like I rose to the occasion, but I mean, I try to, um, what when I've been on contracts, I, I try to, when I'm around dancers, like if they're teaching routines, get in there, you know, make it a class and, I've taken I've taken like jazz classes, yeah. getting like a class pass at like a studio somewhere and going. So I do try to like practice it because I know that it's not a strength, but I don't solely focus on it because I know that it's not my niche, but um, it's something that's necessary for the gig. So mm-hmm. I definitely do try to, you know. You just you just reminded me of a, of something that happened to me back in the day. Like I I'm not a tapper <laughs> at all, um, really bad at it. And I remember um, my friend was like, "I would teach you a triple time step, get it down, and like if someone asks you if you can tap, just whack out the triple time step." And then they'd be like, "Okay, great." And then you get the call back. So I went to this audition. I think there's like this Potter's Theater mm-hmm. uh, in the UK. And I went I went to it. Sung my song, they're like, Great, great, great. Um, can you come back later and, and do the full dance call? But do you tap? And I was like, Sure. I was like, Do you want me to show you like a triple time step? Like, did it? And I'm like, Okay, perfect. Thank you. We'll see you later. <laughs> went back in the afternoon, like, then they did a full tap routine. I was like, Yeah, maybe not. But um, it's quite funny. Yeah, you can try and sometimes fake it to make it. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about careers and people having influences on us um, or maybe helping us or giving advice. Uh, has there been someone throughout your career um, this far that has been influential to you or, or what are your influences to that have helped you become the professional yeah, that you um, are today? I think that my, um, my choir teacher in high school um, was very, very supportive Um when I was like in, in high school and was like, yeah, you, you can do all of this. Like she was so encouraging with, um, everything. And I always, um, go back. I don't think she's not teaching anymore. She's since retired, but, um, I would always go back to her classes. Um, after I graduated, when I would come back into town and, and see her and get her advice. Um, and she was, yeah, she was always been just like super encouraging for me. Yeah, I, I think it's great to have that support system, right? Sometimes, and it's scary because I find in the, this industry we're putting ourselves out there, bare and all, you know, for people to judge us, and they either like it or they hate it. And sometimes it can, it can yeah. be discouraging, right? And when you've got somebody to say, "No, that's fine. This is the way. That's great." So I think that's great that you've yeah. had that person there for you. Um, I've been asking this question on my series. Um, it's kind of a little bit relevant at the moment with the situation that we're in too. Um, and I've had it happen to me over the years. The common myth, I don't know where you've experienced people like, you know, you, they see you off going to different countries, mm-hmm. singing, having a great time in a show. Doesn't, doesn't look like work. Um, but we mm-hmm. know that how much work goes into it. Um, and the myth that, you know, entertainment jobs are not real careers. And people are like, you know, when are you going to get a real job? Or uh, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to you know, do something like business or this? Uh, how do you talk about that? And how do you de- like detract from those those rumors about that? Or, or have you yeah, had those um, experiences? I've, I had that when I was first starting out because um, I was so green and I hadn't done anything yet. It's like, oh, that's not work. Um, especially when I was around bunch, a bunch of people that aren't in the entertainment industry and don't understand it. Um, 
you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's that's nice. That's a nice hobby, but, you know, you got to work. Um, and I think <laughs> it started to change once people saw that I was actually being successful in it. Um, like they had to see it. It's like, <laughs> you know, everybody didn't see my vision, but they, they had to see the fruits of like me working hard um, and, you know, getting yeah. those things. And I think once they saw how successful I yeah. was being in it, it's like, oh no, this is this is her job. We may not fully understand it, but like obviously, like she's you know working. Yeah, for sure. I think the same thing I spoke about in another interview. My until my mom and my dad actually came to see a show or saw where I was or came to see the ship and saw actually what it really entails that they were like oh mm -hmm. and then the, like the penny dropped I think they just thought I was off having <laughs> a great I was having a great time but you know just you know living my best life as if I was just you know on a gap year years instead of a year but um yeah sometimes it takes it to see see that hard work I mean even now my mom I talk about podcasts <laughs> no idea what that is about um and just thinks I'm upstairs you know having a fun old time which I have but yeah. she doesn't quite understand it so yeah it's been interesting to hear everyone I've spoke to has had that experience uh, which is really interesting and I was saying during this pandemic how much has everybody relied on on entertainment exactly. without even realizing it um, and how it just seems so accessible and easy they just switch on the tv it's there but actually a lot goes into that and I think people maybe uh, this has helped them see that and how important the arts are to everybody's yeah, well-being so. and mental health <laughs> yeah fingers crossed uh as a singer songwriter um you know actor are there any quick resources that you use or have helped you along the way that you would recommend to anybody maybe starting um, out in the industry for uh, for stateside um what i use a lot is uh backstage playbill uh broadway world um, as far as looking for audition opportunities, um, YouTube University is <laughs> great. Um, you can YouTube anything. Um, yeah. You can YouTube warm-ups. You can YouTube pretty much anything that you need um, to, like, find stuff. Um, so that's that's great advice there. So listen, if you are looking, check those resources out because uh, it's really great to see what other people are doing and you can always take something away from it. Um, a question I have, I always see you posting or had posts that you do, you've talked about mm -hmm. self-tape auditions, you know, and in this current climate, um, you know, with social distancing, you know, live auditions maybe aren't happening. Um, what are your best practices and tips um, on a self-tape audition to get the best result and the best representation yeah, um, of yourself? So self-taping, you want to have good lighting you want to make sure you're in good lighting um so if you are in a place where it has amazing natural light great good for you go for it um if not invest in a ring light um invest in a ring light it's it can be small so you can make it portable or if you if you want to get like a huge one that's your prerogative um but definitely invest in some kind of lighting um if it's like tv film they're looking for like three point lighting which is a lot more fancy and they're looking for backdrops but like a clean wall yeah. a clean space um you don't want any distractions and behind you um so yeah <laughs> yeah no, no dogs. make sure you don't have like <laughs> any loud noises no pets um try to work around if you are by some construction or anything like that um yeah 
Yeah, I just got one recently. I've been uh, during this pandemic singing a lot and recording songs, and I hadn't really thought about it. And my sister was like, "I think you really need like a, a light." And I was like, "Sure." So I got one. And I was like, <laughs> "Wow, my skin looks amazing!" <laughs> like this is awesome. So I'm just going to carry that light around with me everywhere Definitely. I go now. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a few fun questions. Um, what is your favorite? uh show that you would want to be in or your role that you've always thought that is the role that i've always wanted to play uh, Um, or show to be in oh this is always a hard one for me uh so i want my dream is really to originate a role like i want to be like original cast um and set like the blueprint for something that's like my Mm -hmm. dream dream so like it doesn't exist yet because i haven't done it yet um (laughs) but for yeah. what I've done, um, I really enjoyed being uh, Metalarkin in Newsies, um, which is like oh, it's a super princess track. Okay. Um, and it may be because of the production that I was in. My costumes were gorgeous. Um, and just I love that theater. And yeah, the way we were treated, I just felt like it was amazing. So that I might be biased towards that. But yeah, I had a lot of fun during, doing Metalarkin um, in Newsies. Okay. Uh, do you, you did play, um, if I saw, if I remember, yes, Waitress, um, Waitress Yeah, on that's tour. what I was doing Is that right? um, before the world shut down. Literally, that's where I got sent home from. I was being Nurse Norma in Waitress the Musical on the national tour. Yeah. Hopefully you can go back to that. Maybe. Uh, there's, a, there's like, Hopefully. no one knows. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> no one knows. Um, so if someone had to play you mm-hmm. in an adaptation of your life, uh, oh who would it be? Um, who would it be? I don't know. Solange Knowles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could have anybody, uh, anyone you want. I think I'd still pick her. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, if she's listening, when when we get I there, I feel like we're one of the same. She's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What's your favorite, uh, my favorite song, song to, to sing? sing? When I'm like really trying to, well, I guess it's I Have Nothing by Whitney Houston. It's also like my go-to audition song where oh, I'm Whitney. like, literally, if I sing that, it's like, I'm going to book it. It's never let me down. So, <laughs> yeah. And is that your, like, I was going to ask you, do you have a song where you go to an audition, like, no matter what, this is, this is yeah, the jam, like, I'm going to get the job. Yeah, they're like, musical theater, and it's, if it's open, or if they're, like, pop rock, I'm singing I Have Nothing. Um, yeah. 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 And that's it. Bam. Done. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you sing Whitney amazing. So, hopefully, when everyone listens to this and <laughs> follow and watch your videos, they'll be like, mm-hmm. They got it. Um, coming towards the end of our interview, just a few few more questions. Uh, it's been really insightful listening to your journey and your experiences. Uh, it's been great. Um, what would you say that's been your greatest professional greatest achievement this professional far? Professional achievement. Um, just uh, well for me, making this like my sole um, profession. Like I, I haven't. Yeah, committing to this and making it like my full on livelihood, which is like kind of frightening now because of like the state mm-hmm. of the world, but I'm still like <laughs> determined to keep it that way. Um, I haven't done a job yeah. outside of the arts. Um, well, I was a I was a host recently for like online events, but um prior to COVID, 
I hadn't done like a, a regular job since like 2014, like that, that summer. Um, yeah, I've yeah. only been performing um, and I was on the road to like keep doing that. And, and hopefully I can, you know, keep doing that with after that. But like, that's been my biggest thing. And just um, connecting with people through through art um, is like the biggest achievement. It's been like less about what necessarily what I'm doing, but like what I'm accomplishing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I can really resonate with that. I feel like when people ask me that question, yes, there are specific moments in my career, but like, I'm so proud of that. But being able to say, you know, I've been a performer and consistently yeah. worked since I was 17, and now, <laughs> I'm 30, now I'm 38, um, is like, is a yeah. great achievement, right? It's, it's, I always forget that. And I, I, we should be proud of that. And that, I think that's fantastic. Um, is there anything that you wish you'd known before you started out? If someone could have said to you, you know, Jerrica, blah, 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 before you started and you'd have been, it would have helped yeah, you um, within the industry. Whatever I'm looking to do, just start it. Um, a, lot, a lot of people are like, oh, I, I can't start doing this until this and this and this is in place. And it's like, no, you start with what you have. Start with what you have. Don't, don't wait. There, there isn't, um, there's not a blueprint to this. There's not one path. There's not a certain way um, in this industry. It's it's set up very differently. Um, so yeah, start start now and start with what you have. Um, that is what I wish I would have known because I feel like I was hesitant a lot. Right. Yeah, and that can you can sometimes mm -hmm. be your own worst enemy and and derail yeah. yourself before you even started. Right. So last question that I'm going to ask you, you kind of covered it a bit there, but if you, you know, new person into the entertainment industry, they're looking, they're listening to this and they think, I want to do that. I want to travel the world. I want to be in shows. I've got the talent. I've, you know, they've either been to college or they're just naturally talented. They've put the work in. If you could sum up in a few words or a statement, um, you know, what advice, what would you say to them right now yeah. into joining um, the entertainment obviously industry? Now, but figure out what your goals are. Figure out what you are aiming towards. Some people, well, I want to do this. Well, get specific. Um, so it's like, I want to perform, but in what capacity? What is your goal? Are you looking to be on Broadway? Mm -hmm. Are you looking to get into the music industry? Like what what is your end goal and write those down so that you have like a point of reference to know like where you need to go to know where you want to start um, to even get there. So, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. That's awesome advice. Um, I hope everybody's enjoyed listening to Jerrica's story. Um, I know it's been great for me to listen to things that maybe I didn't know about you uh, from when I worked yeah. with you. Uh, so it's been awesome. Um, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, I'm going to post, hopefully yeah. you're going to give me some platforms and stuff that I can share uh, of, of yours so everybody can see just how amazing you are uh, and then follow the rest of your career um, as we hmm. navigate through this challenging time. Uh, but all I can say is thank you very much, Jerrica Exum, for joining us and joining me here. Thank on you for Street having Insights. me. Thank you so much. Yeah.
Thanks, Jerrica. Take care. Thanks again for joining me on Industry Insights with DPDS. It's been a pleasure having you. We will see you next week for our next episode where I'll be interviewing more entertainment industry professionals sharing their stories. Until then, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and all the links will be provided in this podcast. Until then, enjoy your morning, afternoon, or evening. And most of all, stay safe.